that friends, I just want to put a correction. There is no video portion of this week's podcast. Uh, that video that I captured was not in focus. And so rather than putting that out, I thought I would just keep that out for this episode. But I look forward for the video for next week. All right. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the Like, Comment, and Subscribe podcast video edition now. We have some video uh, here. And to anyone that's listening through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever it is, um, we have a video version. Check that out. Um, probably just going to be posting that on my YouTube channel, Praying Bear Praying TV. Uh, definitely check it out. Description, links, all the good stuff. Um, it's been a minute since we talked. Uh, honestly, I think it's been two, two and a half months. I don't remember what we talked about last time. I think it was like subscribers or YouTubers that I followed in 2018. And that was kind of like my new year's like thing. Uh, but we're back right now and it's, it's cool. It's good to be back. It's good to pick up like where you left off in a way, but also knowing that it's something new. Um, also sorry if I keep looking, I'm not used to having a field monitor, I usually just have the lens, but I decided I would use a monitor this time for a video. Uh, so I might be checking that a lot, which I will stop doing, hopefully. And I'll look at you, fellow viewer. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice to be back with uh, with this. We'll see. This is episode one. We'll see if it stops after this. I have a record of starting a lot of projects and then completely not doing them afterwards. Um, it was actually like a social media post on Instagram that I kind of realized how often I like start a project and then stop it. It's just like my lack of interest or like going deeper in things. Like I want to do something. So I do it. And then I don't want to continue it for whatever reason. Um, but I don't know. One thing that's been consistent is like coming back to this podcast. So I think that's, that's an important thing. Um, for anyone that's probably going to be hating on me or asking what kind of mic I'm using this long showed like thing. Uh, this is the road NTG four plus, microphone it is super awesome for any kind of video production stuff i've been using it for about a year and i gotta say the audio quality is like crystal clear and from people that have been in the industry longer than me always ask me what mic i'm using as a freelance videographer and i'm like i use the road this road and they're like that's awesome we want to like switch our production to that mic because of how clear it is so not the typical mic you probably will be using for a podcast, uh, but it's the most, it's the best mic I got right now. Um, and seeing as I have this thing where I tend to invest a lot of money and a lot of time into my passion, but then I don't end up actually like, using that thing quite as much. I've been kind of trying to cut back on that. Um, so rather than going out and buying a, a mic that made more sense, I'm like, just use what you have. Um, I think that's a good thing to preach. I think that so many people just kind of like think they need to have the best quality stuff. And I get it. I'm definitely that person. That's like, I, I can't do something until I have the right material and the right equipment, um, or the right audience, but it's just like, you just, just do it. Just do what you got, you know, just do it with what you got. Um, especially you guys have checked out, uh, YouTube and you saw, uh, Casey's video where he, uh, interviews Mr. Beast. That was like, I, that was really cringy in my opinion. Like Casey, honestly, first off, I had no idea that was coming around like with his other interviews. I feel as though he talked about them, but I didn't see anything on Casey's channel or any of his outlets where he was like, Oh, I'm interviewing Mr. Beast. So watch out for that. I just clicked on YouTube and it was on. Um, and so I watched that and 
I think it was a really awkward interview uh, to start. I don't know. I One, I didn't realize Mr. Beast was only 20. I definitely thought he was like, you know, mid 20s, like a lot of, I, I don't know, like me. I, I, at 26, I definitely thought Mr. Beast was my age. Uh, the fact he's only 20 and he's doing that, one, it makes a little bit more sense. Like, it's not as cringy knowing that he's a 20 year old making all these videos, but it's also really impressive. The fact that he was definitely a teenager when he was gaining this following and is now such a huge creator, which is super awesome. Um, but no kind of tying to what we were saying that he, when he started his videos, he didn't even have an iPhone. Like he had a phone or he had a camera or an old, a Samsung phone. And that's what he would use to make his videos. And, or, you know, he his laptop, he used his laptop. Um, and it was when he got an iPhone. That's when he started having like a camera and people come up to him like, Hey, like I want to start a YouTube channel, but I don't have the right gear. And he's like, they have the newest iPhone. They have like an iPhone 10 or 10 S like just use that. It's awesome for video. And I mean, I agree. So use what you have. When I started my channel a year and a half ago, my old channel, uh, I shot it all on an iPhone six. And I, it's, it's kind of funny when you look back at the beginning of those times, because like quality wise, it won't look nearly as good as this. Like just looking at the monitor, this looks like so crispy clear. Um, but in the end, does it does it really matter if I had done this with my iPhone? I think it would have been just as you know maybe like ten percent not as good. But honestly, it's it's about the conversation about what you put out. One hundred percent. I oh no, okay, like ninety percent. I think ten percent is gear. But when it comes to video, video is probably like the least important thing. Like most important is story and personality and conversation, what you're doing. Second most important is audio because I would much rather listen to something than with good audio than listen to with bad audio. And then third is going to be video. Like the fact that we're doing a podcast, like I don't even need video. Like I really just need the conversation, my personality and the mic and we're set. Um, so I really clicked when he says that I, like everyone says like you don't need gear. It's such a true thing. It, it helps. It does help for sure. Just like anything would help when you get, when you get started out on a new passion, like the more, you know, professionalism you have. Yeah, that's a good thing, but just use what you got. And Mr. Beats hits on that. Um, but going back to the interview, um, it seems like he was, it seemed like he was very much just kind of, not like he like maybe it's because he's 20 or i i felt like in the same way that i was surprised that he was going to be interviewed he also was surprised he was being interviewed because a lot of his answers were i think genuine but they weren't really like fleshed out answers which i get it's an interview but also and, and i don't know if that's because he just like wasn't prepared for this type of thing or just how his personality is um, or if, if Casey was just like really trying to like get an answer out of Mr. Beast that he just didn't have because most of the questions like Casey was like, so why are you in this? Why are you doing YouTube? Is it for the money? Is it for the views? And Mr. Beast, like he would say like, no, no, it's not for the money. It's not for the views. But he also kind of didn't say that. Um, and I think Casey was kind of like, well, just give me a straight answer. Cause I feel as Mr. Beast was not giving straight answers. But also Casey was definitely trying to push him to like, just tell me, tell me what it is you want. And he was like, it's, it's like the interaction and being with people and stuff like that, which I think is genuine. Um, and it's, and I don't know, it, it was just super awkward. Like it, the two didn't mesh like how Casey is done with other, other people. Um, and it, it might just be like, 
how the youth of Mr. Beast. Um, but what was really, really cool was the fact that he was like, no, I'm going to be a YouTuber forever, which is literally like maybe like two years ago. That was like a thing. Like YouTubers wanted to be YouTubers for like a long time. And now like people like me and like younger generations, people that want to get on the platform, like they want to be a YouTuber. And then they, like they, that, that's like their goal to get on the YouTube and then maybe go somewhere else. Like maybe, or let's stay on it. Or you have like solid YouTubers now who I feel as though most of them are like, yeah, I'm on YouTube. Like this is what I do. But like if an opportunity comes up that's off of YouTube, I'm probably going to also do that or just move most of that. But Mr. Beast is like, no, I'm staying with YouTube until it dies. Um, and so I'm just like very, very curious to see if he's going to do that or if he's um, if after like another year or two of like doing this, he's like, oh, well, now like I'm being offered like these these actor roles or being involved in these big productions. Like I'm going to do that instead. Like I, I can't imagine he's going to turn something down like that. Um, especially now that like, I think that he's maybe it was like the innocence in him. The fact that he, he said that he didn't really take any of the money that he was making. Like he was making, well, I mean, he's like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars off of YouTube in the last year. And he was reinvesting all of that into his videos. Cause you can see he's just giving this money away. And he finally said, Oh, I'm finally saving some of it. He's like, I'm good on money. But it's like, maybe that was like the thing. You know, maybe it's like when you were young and you're making this, all this money, you didn't really need the money because maybe you're still living at home. Your parents still paid for everything. Any money you got, even if it were millions, was basically just going back into your video so you can have a good time having fun. But then once you start saving it, I feel as though it then kind of comes more down to ha to like the money aspect of everything. And I think that maybe that's I don't want to say it, it's going to taint him, but I feel as though that's something that can definitely happen as he starts saving this more of this money and realizing how much it is and what he can do with it when he keeps it. Uh, and as adults, like life just kind of shows up, you know, he's going to need money just for stuff. And so I'm curious to see um, how that changes and how his mentality changes with wanting to stay on YouTube. Cause I've, I just feel as so many people just, they just don't want to be on YouTube anymore. Like they definitely want out. Um, and I, I kind of see it like the whole like theme of being a YouTuber of, you know, the clout and everything that's, that's kind of where it is. And it's like fading now because most people that I feel that watch YouTubers and maybe it's just me, maybe because I'm getting older, maybe it's the younger generation that still is into that clout and everything. But I feel as a lot of people are just like, they don't really need or want the clout as much. They kind of just like, they burned out like, Oh, this is what clout looks like. It looks horrible. It looks like it's a mess. I don't want to be involved with this. So I'm going to look at other avenues. I'll still do YouTube to kind of get me on the map. But after that, I'm definitely going to be looking around from other other places also sorry i keep looking at i have my monitor right here and it has my audio levels and i'm really i'm really i'm like i'm like so particular about my audio and <laughs> just like with a shotgun like not being like right here right in front of it where i feel as though it should be um i don't know i kind of like this i like this kind of laid back kind ofness. like i don't have headphones on. i can't hear myself like i probably should have all of this space on my couch it's not the best idea having the same color i thought that was really cool when i got this this futon it was not a good idea. I would not recommend getting the same color furniture as your walls, but it is what it is. And now it's, oh, gosh. never mind. This is just me being me. Um, so I, I, I wanted to jump on today. Wanted to kind of just like to get something out, like a big part. I mentioned, well, I mentioned earlier that like I have this thing where I start projects and I don't continue with them. And, um, 
it's not that, I mean, that's going to be something that I'm probably going to be, have to deal with for the rest of my life. Cause I'm always going to want to start things and not follow through. I can kind of work on that, but I feel as though that's just like a thing inside of me. It's always going to be a thing. Um, so one was just to get in front of the mic, in front of the camera, just do this. Maybe it's for me. Um, maybe upload it. I probably will upload it. I probably will. Um, but it also came out of the fact that like, I just, um, the last week has been kind of like difficult for me and I mean, nothing like crazy difficult, but just like, you know, normal things like just doubting myself and my abilities, you know, getting low on like money and stuff and how am I going to find money? Like, you know, dating and stuff and you know, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing bad at all, really. Um, just like normal stuff. And it, it, the last, like, I don't know, like 18 hours have been like a lot, like a lot of things, a lot of small things had an impact on me. Um, and that's kind of what led me to like wanting to get just back into this, just to do this. Um, like the first thing was last, last night. Um, it's, it's, like, it's weird if you're on like the YouTube app on your phone and it shows you like the, 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 the community posts. It's so weird that like I'm scrolling through videos on my sub page and I can see like these, you know, these YouTubers that like post like pictures and like retweet things. And it's like, it's weird. Like, it's like, it looks like it's a video. It's like a, it's like a really bad thumbnail, but it's with, with text, but it's just like a post and it, it, I just, it's weird, but I kind of like it in a way. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but Katie Morton, um, who does a lot of like psychology videos and stuff, um, like retweeted or reposted something that Gary V said on, like on Instagram or Twitter or however, wherever. Um, and he, he was like, I wish I had the post on me. Um, it was like, like the doubt that you have in your mind was instilled on you from someone else's insecurities. I think it was what it was. It was like the reason that you like, and it was the whole point was like, don't like, you don't care, don't care about what the people think about you. And so like, don't care what people think about you because the, the reason that you might feel bad about yourself right now, based off what someone said is because their insecurities are like put onto you and then you accept that. And I mean, maybe I'm saying it wrong. I don't really completely agree with that, but I do think the fact that like coming from a point, like there was one reason I was in such a slump was I was like feeling some, a couple people had said or done a couple things to me. Um, and it really kind of like highlighted a thing about me that was just like, well, like maybe this is true and like maybe I am like like crap right now and I need to change this aspect of my life but like I'm not really that upset with this aspect of my life and so I kind of let like their view like sit in on me and yeah it was like highlighted because something I was already thinking about myself but I, I kind of need to hear that then that it was like this is their this is their view on you it doesn't necessarily need to be your view of yourself and I was like that's true I'll take their like, I don't really, I don't even need to accept this criticism on mine. I'm like, this is what you think of me. I don't think that of myself. And I don't need to think that that's actually a fact of me just because you said it. Like, there's so many opinions in the world that I don't need to just say what you, whatever you said, that's a fact, more than a fact that how, how I feel about myself. So, um, that's out. Um, and I, don't know, I guess like, okay, so, so the context, I, I'll just say it. The context was I went. I went on, I went on a date last week and then I was talking to two other girls, uh, online because the date and all the, all three of them rejected me. Um, and that was, that was really, honestly, it was really hard because like when you go through rejection, rejection once it's like, okay, like depending on how invested you are in this person, you're like, oh, like I wish we could have gone farther, but like, I guess I get it. 
you know, you just, you, you didn't feel it. It was one date, whatever. Um, and then what happens three times in the course of like 10 days, it's like crap. Like, what is it about me? Especially, it's especially bad when like you're having like good conversations with these people, like you're hitting it off. Like, you know, you feel like you guys are flirting, it's going well. And then they just like drop off the face of the planet, which is what happened to these girls. They just kind of just, they just like completely disappeared. And I was just like, well, what, what was it then? What could it have been that like made you just want to leave? I mean, in reality, it's probably like they found someone else. Um, they decided they just didn't really want to date. Or, they probably found someone else. Like that's probably what it was. They realized they just weren't that interested in me. And, but like in my mind, I come to, I, I immediately go to, well, we were having good conversations. So it's not that we had plans to meet. Um, and so the only thing that can, only thing that could be was that it's like, I'm just not like attractive enough to them, which is like probably not the case, especially because some of them say like how attractive I was and how attractive they were to me, attracted, attracted they were to me. Um, anyways, so that's like, I meet it. I'm just like, oh, it's a physical thing when it probably wasn't really that. Um, anyway, so that was hard. So this whole thing with like Carrie, Katie and Gary V being like this person be like, oh, you know, Ryan's not attractive. It's like, oh, like, I guess I'm not attractive because you said it, but it's like, do you think that you're that unattractive? It's like, well, sometimes, but like not all the time. Right. And so it's like, I don't need the this. That's not, that's not the view I need to have. And then the second thing I got was I was texting a friend. I'm like, yeah, I've been having a rough week with a lot of different things. And she was like, she sent me like a, uh, a picture of something. And it, it was like a, just a quote on, on a sign or something. And the, the part I got out of it was like, ultimately it was like, you know, a lot's going to happen in your life, but just don't, don't get out of the game, you know, don't quit. And it, it made me feel like that made me feel kind of like good on top of what I was hearing earlier with like the, the Gary V stuff was like, yeah, you know, like don't quit. Like if I quit out of like, in this case, dating or photography or YouTube or whatever, like who wins? Like, it's definitely not me. And it most likely isn't even the other people that win. Literally like no one wins. And it's just like, if nothing happened, you know, like, sure. If someone like hates you and you give into the hate and you stop doing it, they win, you know, you definitely lose. But in a case where like, no one really cares if you're doing something or not. The only thing is you're just, you're just not winning. And like, you're not, there's no reason not to do it. Like if you get out of the game, you're just out of the game. But if you stay in the game, you you've already won. Like, like no one's going to care that like I got rejected a couple times this past week. Like the girls probably literally don't care. They've moved on with their own lives. The reason they left was because they probably had something better come up or they just were interested. It's like they win. They just move on with their life. I'm going to sit here losing because I feel like I lost something or I can just stay in the game until stay in the game. So I'm not, I didn't lose. I just maintained the same equilibrium I was at until a point where I do end up winning. Um, so that was really cool to get that out of that. Like that, like those two together, like stacking on top of each other, like kind of like it just motivated me. So like just, you know, stay in it and then don't let other people's views get you down because you just believe in yourself. And I, I, you can see me touch my crotch though. Can't you? Like it's just out of frame, but that's what I'm doing. Basically. I'm so bad. Oh man. Um, I don't know if it's a guy thing just to do that. Like have your hands here and you like just like scratch like your pubic area. I don't know. That's disgusting. You probably don't want to hear that. That's, <laughs> uh, maybe you do. I don't know. If you guys watch like Cody Co or like Noel Miller and their podcast, Tiny Me King, like they get into some really like gnarly stuff. And I don't know. I just, it makes me laugh so hard. Maybe I'll do that one day. Um, not early on though. 
Um, and then the third thing was I met with, um, I had like a coaching session for photography and stuff. Um, I don't know why. Now they have a video. I feel as though I have to do like hand motions, um, even though I pretty much do this. <laughs> now you guys know, actually, when it's like I'm a little bit more like animated. But for the most part, like when the camera wasn't on, uh, I would still do like this kind of stuff. Like my hands are just always constantly going. Um, anyways, but I met with a friend and we talked about photography stuff. It was kind of, it was a friend from high school and she was really, really cool. And she's like, Hey, I was like, I reached out to her like a year ago. I'm like, Hey, I'm starting up photography. Like, I would love to meet with you for coffee. And she was like, sure. Like, yeah. I, she's like, I do coaching. Let's meet up for once. It took us a year to get together. Um, um, sorry. I think the battery died on that. Uh, anyways. And so that was cool. Uh, we met up and we talked and honestly, it wasn't like a whole lot of, uh, it, it was a lot of good advice. You know, it was a lot, it was a lot of things that I already knew, um, for sure. Uh, like her main advice was like, you know, if you're starting out, like first thing you gotta do is you gotta get Insta you gotta get, um, a website up. You just gotta do it. That is where you go. That's where clients go to find you, um, get a website up. Second thing is post on Instagram. Just do it. Like she's like, most people find people on Instagram, which kind of made me chuckle. Cause like, it, I don't know. It's like, it's it sounded, it's really, really good advice. But when someone's like, just, you know, post on Instagram, it, it makes you sound like, like, wait, is this, is this like an, are you trying to have like an original thought? Or are you just like saying something? Because I'm like, yeah, I, everyone knows like, especially as a photographer, like you need to be on Instagram. That's like a visual thing or just any kind of brand. Like people are going to look on Instagram first probably go, go to Google. Like that's the case with me. Like if someone like tells me about a brand or about a person or just anything like a product, I go, I rather than going in the Safari and like Googling this, I usually go to Instagram and then Google it. Cause I don't really want to like read an article. I don't want to go to Google, read an art. I like, try and find like the correct person, like Bob's pork belly fried chicken nuggets. Like I don't want to go on the Google type that in and like go in the images and like, maybe this is it. Maybe this isn't it. Go to their website. Go, go that. I just want to go to Instagram. Probably just a hashtag from it. I can see a bunch of just like random pictures and information off of it. So that's what I'm going to go. And so she was like, yeah, you should really have an Instagram. You should post there daily. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's kind of obvious. Uh, and I, I hundred percent agree with it. And it's probably what I needed to hear in the moment. And so I appreciate that. Um, but it's just kind of funny when people like mention, this is funny to me when people mention Instagram, like you should be doing Instagram. It's like, no kidding. It's like, I think that's what, like the one thing everyone knows is they need Instagram more than they need a website. But, um, anyways, though, really, really good advice on that, those parts and especially the whole part and the whole, like the whole point we, that I really wanted to talk to her about was like setting expectations. Um, because when you're your own boss, you're used to like when, when you've in the past, you've worked for other people, um, you managing their expectations is usually like in the job description. So as long as you do what's in your job description, you, um, you know, you're good. You're in the clear for the most part. Um, but when you're your own boss and people come to you for a service and they need something like video or photos, you kind of, you have to say your own job description and the job description basically comes in the form of like a contract now. And, um, with, with the client, and a good way to kind of like set that expectation that she told me was to, to build it. So you don't always need to like have everything down, but you need to like through the process of like gaining this client and booking them, like setting their expect, like building up this expectation of refer them to your website. If they want to like maybe hire you, you go to your website and you're just like, 
yo, yo, check this out. Check out ryansethcreative.com. This is where I have my rates, my availability, what I offer, that kind of thing, my brand. You can learn about it there, and then when they can come back to you, and you can go into more detail. But in that way, their expectation in their head, it's something that they already have, but then they come to you, and they see what you can offer, what your pricing is, all that stuff, who you are. You're kind of building that expectation of what they're going to get out of it. And they're in their mind, whether they think of it or not, what they still want versus what they're going to get, it's kind of like melding together. And then definitely when you meet them, have them sign contracts, outline parts of, you know, your service and your brand and your ser- and what you're going to offer them. And then you're still, you're still building this expectation. And I think that was a huge, huge thing for me because um, one of my biggest fears in this is that like I just is like failing, not the aspect of like losing a client, but like having someone get angry. <laughs> like that is like, that's a legitimate fear, right? Having someone be like angry at you. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm just a little like, I don't know. I'm a little, I don't, I don't know, a little bitch or something like that. But I like, I don't want someone to get mad at me. <laughs> like, I don't care if I lose a client, if, if whatever reason, just like, please don't get mad at me. <laughs> um, and I think that was a good way of me feeling like I can protect myself from people getting mad, um, from like not delivering what they had in their mind because I don't know what you're thinking. Um, and if I definitely like, I'm super upfront with everything and lay down, this is what you're going to get. This is what I can offer. Then, um, then it kind of makes more sense and I can avoid any kind of like struggle down the line, which I think is good. Um, also we talked about, talked about pricing and like what they, what she offers. And I'm not going to say any of that cause I'm sure it's this personal information I don't want to give out. Um, and I don't want to say what I give out right now. Uh, cause it's definitely something that's changing, but, uh, essentially <laughs> she meant, she mentioned that like, she she gives away like 300 images per session for an hour and a half and i I don't i felt really bad (laughs) because my my eyes were like what (laughs) and i think she was like yeah i give 300 and i'm like no i don't know if she felt like offended that i was like why like i was i was really impressed is what it was i was like no way because that made me feel like crap the fact that i give like maybe 30 images per session and she gives 10 times that for I mean, for a little bit more, not much, not that much more money than what I charge, I feel like. And I was just like, dang, I don't know how you could even like, like get that many images out of a session of like usable ones. Like sure, I'll snap like uh, 800 or a thousand, but like to give you a third of the images I took, like definitely, definitely seems like it's repetitive, but I mean, good on her. Like that is something that you like, you over deliver. Like if, if I hope, if I book someone and they gave me like a portfolio of 300 images or like a like an SD card that had like 16 gigs of like my pictures on it. I would be like, yo, thank you. This is like Christmas for multiple years. Um, so I think that's a cool thing that she did that. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys do that. If you're photographers, 300 images per session, that's gnarly. I I might try that. I don't think I'll ever hit that number in an hour and a half session, but I think that's a good, that's a good like ambition to know that like, I need to just give more. Like it's always good to give more. Um, and that was, that was really tight. Uh, we also talked about like kind of like workflow, how you like break down the time that you do. She was like, yeah, so an, I should do an hour and a half session and then should do like an hour of editing, hour or two of editing to get like all those done. Cause she just syncs all her edits across the board pretty much. And I was like, what? It just that many pictures and you just do an hour or two. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, whoa man like i for me i spent like 20 hours on my edits and she's like that is way way too much she's like that's how i was when i started 
and I was like, really? Like to me, it's like it's all in the post production. But she's like, no, like for me, it's all just like I get in camera what I need, and it just kind of some tweaks along the way. And maybe that's I don't know, maybe that's the right way to do it. Maybe that's what some of you guys do. Um, but I thought that was really really fascinating that she doesn't spend that much time. She's like, I just use Lightroom. I'm like, you just use Lightroom? Like, whoa, you don't go in the Photoshop to touch things up? She's like, no, I can do like the brush and everything I need and really adjust the levels just through Lightroom. I'm like, that's that's nuts. Like, I pro- I probably should do that, but I feel as though I'm not because like my workflow is definitely like in Photoshop of like making like these like pristine images. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll get tired of doing that and I'll realize that people are demanding more of me, so I got to just do Lightroom stuff, but I don't know. I also have another friend, um, and this is what... I, what I want to get into as well that I was on the flip side. So she also does, um, this portrait sessions and, uh, so the for so little context, the girl with that is 300 images. She does, uh, engagement and wedding sessions. And then this other girl who I'm going to talk about does, um, senior portraits and senior sessions. And she was like, yeah, I, I'll spend like, you know, all day with this person, like literally all day, like eight hours. Um, and I'll get, I'll give them, I'll get like 50 images and I'll give them like 20 of them. And see, to me, that's more like my workflow. Cause she also edits like in Photoshop. So I guess it's kind of like, what service do you want to provide in a way? Um, and I don't know, like I looked like comparing these two women's like Instagram feeds. Um, they don't look like overly different, honestly. So I think it's kind of like what, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's just like what your workflow is. Like, where would you prefer to work? Do you want to just like work in Lightroom or do you want to like spend more time to like retouching things in Photoshop? Um, and I, I, so I don't know. So the thing that's like I'm processing now is like, which blew my mind. I thought like there was one way for photography, pretty much not like one way, but I thought like for the most part, like if you're going to charge $500 for a photo session, you're going to give between this range range of images and spend this much time on it. You know, with it, if you're in like the intermediate to professional level, uh, photography but that seems like it's just not the case it's just like what do you want to offer to your client do you want to offer a bunch of in- images where you just kind of batch the same you know preset and looks good or do you want to like actually like just give them a few that are really stylized maybe all like super different um and retouched and everything um and i think that's the come so to me for, for me that comes down to um the setting expectations on a lot of this it's just what are you what are you going to set are you going to tell them, you know, what are you going to tell them? How many are they, they going to get? And in the end, if they don't, if that's too little um, and they want more, you can just move on and find someone else that's more interested in that. Um, and that segues into the, I think the last point I want to make, I don't know how long this podcast is. Um, I don't want to get too long, like 40 minutes or something like the other ones. Um, so the last point I want to kind of want to hit on in this conversation, uh, we were talking about like, uh, like getting and losing clients. Cause one of my fears as just starting out is I don't want to, I don't want to go back on my pricing. Like I feel like I price a little high probably for what I should be. I should be offering, even though I very much value my time. That's kind of, I value, I price it based off what I value my time as, but I don't know if the end product really reaches the standard that I want for this price. Um, so it's, it's this weird kind of balance thing. Um, but so I was like, well, what if I come to a client and I'm like, Hey, this is how much it's going to cost you. And they say, no, first it's like, I don't want to back down and be like, Oh, well, how about we do like a hundred dollars off so I can book you so I can still get money. That makes me look wishy-washy. Um, 
and she's like, yeah, definitely don't, don't do that. She's like, it's probably better just like to not take the client because they may not just be looking for the level that you, that they, you know, that you're going to give them or they want like something kind of, they want like a deal kind of thing. Um, and I think that she, the whole point of this is like, she was like, yeah, to like stick to your pricing value, you know, know what you're worth it, know how much you're, you're worth. Um, if you don't know, figure it out. So I figure it out. What, what would you pay for yourself, um, at your level? And then if someone says no, like it's just, just go on. Like, yeah, you will, you lose this business and this client. And I mean, it can be rough. Like for me, like living, I literally live paycheck to paycheck now, pretty much or client to client. And there's days that I'm like, oh, like I'm coming up on a bill that's due in like three days and I don't have the money for it. So hopefully I can like the client pays me my dues or I can book someone in the next day or two and like get that money fast. And, um, it's, it's like, it's scary knowing that, but I think that's also, um, I think it's just, is if you stick on it, if you keep promoting yourself, like clients are going to come to you. Um, I can't say that for a fact, but I can say that opportunities have definitely come to me from taking other opportunities. I can definitely say that 100%. You may not always get a, you may not be like walking down the street and someone's like, Hey, you photographer. Cool. Let me, let me hire you. But if you take opportunity, you're probably going to get more opportunity from it. So if you book a client, if you really go with that client, that's an opportunity that you took. They have a market of people that's going to see them and then maybe you'll get hired through them. Um, and that's what's happened to me. I took one, I took one client and I got another client from it and then another client from it and just kind of like, it's just this cascading effect. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. That was a thousand bars of one of one twenty four four time. Um, so everyone, thank you for checking in to the first video episode. Um, yeah, I hope this was entertaining to a degree and, uh, definitely go ahead, uh, follow me on Instagram at Instagraffiti. You can help it out. If you want to book me, you're in the Northern Virginia, DC area. That's me. I'm Ryan Seth. You can check out, uh, all of my Instagram stuff. And I don't know, I'm, I'm ranting it now. Uh, check me out, prayingbearprayingtv.com. If you're watching this, if you're listening to it, that's where I'll be. Um, and I will see you all in the next episode of this podcast. All right. Peace, friends.